Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com. Hello, and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. Today, we're discussing the sharp deterioration in relations between Germany and the United States, following a campaign speech by Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, in which she suggested that Germany could no longer rely on the United States or Britain as a completely reliable partner. So what's going on? Joining me on the line from Berlin is our correspondent Guy Chazan, and here in the studio our former Washington correspondent Jeff Dyer. Guy, just give us an account of what the German Chancellor said and uh, why you think she said it. Well, she said the times when we could completely rely on others are over now. That's what uh, I've experienced in the last few days, she said, referring to the G7 summit and the NATO summit in Brussels. And she just said, you know, Europeans now must take their fate into their own hands, of course, in friendship with the US, in friendship with the UK, and uh, maintaining good neighbourly relations with Russia and other countries. But they have to fight for their future themselves. I mean, I think a lot of this was directed to a domestic audience. It was an election campaign speech, so there's a lot of uh, domestic politics involved in this. But I think it's also a message to the wider international audience that Europe really has got to get its act together now because, you know, the transatlantic alliance is really at risk of unravelling, or maybe that's the way she sees it. And, you know, the Europeans must respond by deepening integration, by sorting out the problems of the Eurozone and the European Union more widely, and also sort of seeing to their own defence as well. So I think it's a wake-up call, really, both to her domestic audience, but also more broadly to the Europeans and potentially also to the Americans, I think. And Jeff, I mean, she is responding, though, to some of the stuff that's come from Washington. And, And Donald Trump seems particularly to have it in for the Germans. Why is that? And as much as Donald Trump does have a worldview, there is a consistent thread, and that he's always been very sceptical about allies, particularly allies who don't, in his view, pay enough for their own defence, and very sceptical about countries that are running big trade surpluses. And he's, he has articulated these ideas for 30 years, really going back to the 80s when he took out a big advertisement in the New York Times. And over that time, he's focused a lot on Japan, a lot on Germany as the two countries that have irritated him the most. So on one level, it's not that surprising in a sense that he seems to have been so annoyed by the Germans and so prepared to take them on. But as guys mentioned, it does feel like this is a a really important moment where we could be seeing something quite substantial in the unravelling of the Western alliance. And we have to have the usual caveats that we don't quite know what happened. And did something happen behind the scenes that has made Angela Merkel react so aggressively and publicly against Donald Trump? We're not quite sure what exactly happened at the summit. And there's the other caveat that maybe... Donald Trump is himself, you know, maybe something of a blip, something an aberration, and in a few years' time, uh, a different America will reassert itself, the America we've been grown used to for the like six or, six or seven decades. But in his unwillingness to defend NATO publicly at a NATO summit, this really does feel like a substantial moment where you're seeing the, the American president starting to unlock, unpick the core, um, core fabric of the Western alliance. And Guy, I guess the... Trump is front and centre of what Merkel was responding to. But there are other elements of this. I guess Brexit, she mentions, uh, Britain in the context of Trump, 
And more positively, from the German point of view, I guess they see now a very promising and possibly exciting partner in Emmanuel Macron in France. So the idea that you can rebuild Europe together with France has gained currency. Absolutely. I think that's a very important point. I mean, I think a lot of what she said has been overlooked, especially the, the swipe at the UK. I think there is genuine fear in Germany about the loss of the UK, the Brexit. Essentially, it's this idea that Britain was always seen as a sort of key part of this sort of transatlantic bridge. It was seen as a sort of important conduit between Europe and the US. And I think there is real angst in Germany that that is being lost now. And I think that is actually is one of the key factors explaining this sort of tremendous kind of navel-gazing we're seeing in Germany. It's almost this feeling of, you know, the cords are now being cut and we're on our own and we're going to have to sort of get used to this new reality. So the UK is very much part of that. And as you say, Macron is also a hugely important part of that as well, because I think there's been a palpable excitement in Germany since his election. A, there was huge relief that Marine Le Pen wasn't elected. But there's also the sense that uh, Macron is a kind of person who could actually, you know, get this old, you know, Franco-German engine of European integration working again to kickstart it. And uh, it's been in abeyance for like the last few years under Hollande. So there's real excitement and there's a real willingness to kind of make concessions to him. I mean, you know, Merkel, when he was in Berlin, she was even talking about making changes to EU treaties, which was really sort of took a lot of people aback. So I think there's a real willingness at the moment to buy into Macron's agenda. How far do you think they're they're prepared to go? Because one consistent thread of German thinking for the last five years or so has been a resistance to mutualization of debt within Europe, suspicion that the French want German money and so on. Do you think they'd go for euro bonds or even for this European finance minister that Macron is talking about? And also on the defence front, fine to say Europe must step into the breach, but are they really, do they really think realistically they can replace the American defence role in Europe? Well, I think that's a key point. And it's interesting that today uh, the European Commission presented a paper on the future of the euro which talked about launching a kind of market of sovereign bond-backed securities, which sounds a little bit like packaging different countries' national debt into a new financial instrument. And um, the German finance ministry was just asked about that at a press conference. And the response was incredibly cool, actually. They were saying, look, we've got to implement existing rules. We don't need to introduce new ones. And they talked about, you know, we need to provide credibility for further integration, but the way to do that is for member states to live up to their responsibility to create stability and growth in the Eurozone through structural reforms and debt reduction. So that's the German, that's the sort of Wolfgang Schäuble mantra coming back again. And the spokeswoman then completely flat out rejected the idea of mutualization of debt and eurobonds, which is a consistent German position. But it does sort of suggest that, you know, Merkel on the one hand might be sort of wanting to indulge Macron and all his sort of ideas about reforming the eurozone. But certainly Schäuble is sticking to a sort of rather hard line on this. So it, it does raise the question, you know, how much of this is actually feasible. And Jeff, I mean, coming to the defence element of it, I mean, just give us a sense, how crucial is America to NATO and to European defence? I mean, how much of an ask would it be for the Germans to start filling in? Oh, it's completely indispensable. I mean, it provides something like 70% of the military assets and and funding to NATO. So without the US, NATO just wouldn't exist. And even thinking about the, the German position, where does... Even if they are going to expect less of the US in the coming years, where does Britain fit into all that? I mean, 
you would thought that Germany would be looking to embrace Britain and trying to you know, lure Britain into a bigger defence role in, in its new project for Europe. But at the same time, Merkel was being very critical about the UK as well. So there are huge questions about what this actually means and what Germany could actually do if it really did want to assert itself as a bigger power within Europe. And as for Trump, I mean, it looks like as we speak that he's on the point of pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords. How big a deal is that? It's a big deal in itself because this is, you know, while a lot of environmental activists would say this is an insufficient step, it is the one concrete step that the, the world has taken on the climate change issue in the last few years. It's the, it's the only game in town. But from the broader context that we're talking about, about the European alliance, it's also hugely damaging if, if the US was to walk away from the Paris Climate Change Treaty. It'd be another major, major breach in the Western alliance. Yeah, God, does it presumably looks even more that way in Berlin, where I, obviously it's a very strong environmental movement and green movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Merkel really began her international career negotiating sort of climate treaties back in the 90s when she was environment minister. So, you know, this subject is very dear to her heart. And uh, yeah, I think it will be considered a, a huge stab in the back if the Americans were to quit Paris. Is Paris dead then, as far as you know? Well, I mean, actually, there was a very interesting piece by our environment correspondent today weighing the options. And it's interesting that there's quite a few voices saying that it wouldn't be such a bad thing if the Americans were outside of it. It would allow the rest of the world to sort of proceed with implementation of Paris without this sort of obstructive element uh, sort of creating problems for everybody. But um, I think, you know, on the other hand, there's plenty of other people who say that it would be very difficult to implement it in full if the Americans weren't involved. Jeff, I mean, obviously, the United States is deeply divided itself. A lot of hatred of Trump on the left. What are the possibilities? You mentioned earlier when we were talking about the possibility that maybe Trump is a kind of aberration and that the next presidency will swing America back towards something more familiar. How do you think the American foreign policy establishment is going to react to this picture of an America that is breaking with Germany and seems to be doubling down on that? So I think the first big question about how does the Republican Party react to this? Now, if Barack Obama had gone to a NATO summit and had appeared to undermine the basic tenet of NATO, there would be apoplexy from the Republican Party. You would not be able to get Republican senators off the TV accusing Obama of being a traitor. Yet the reaction to Trump's trip is it's truly quite extraordinary. I mean, Bob Corker, who is the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate and who is seen as being a very sensible, sophisticated, worldly Republican, he described Trump's trip as impeccable. He said it was a bit of a marvelous trip. So in other words, the institutional Republican Party does seem to be very much playing the partisan card rather than staying true to their what they would see as their internationalist credentials. So the Republican Party is one bit of it. The other bit is the so-called adults in the administration. I mean, that, that story that we've been told for the last couple of weeks, few months, was that people like General McMaster, the National Security Advisor, Jim Mattis, the Pentagon Defense Secretary, they would be the ones who would anchor Trump. They would keep him true to sort of America's basic foreign policy principles. So they, you might have these eccentric ideas and domestic policy, people would say, but in foreign policy, he'll stay, he won't rock the boat too much. Well, on Trump's first trip to Europe, he's completely destroyed that idea. So the question is, what is the role now of the, the adults and the so-called adults administration? What are they going to say or do? So Jim Mattis is going to go to Asia very soon. 
everything he says about America being true to its Asian allies now has to be seen through the lens of Trump appearing to have just undermined the European alliance. Particularly given that Trump is also now slightly bizarrely, given his hostility to China in the campaign, seems to adore President Xi Jinping of China. Exactly. So I mean, there will also cause even more anxiety, particularly amongst the Japanese. So, so the Asian allies will be looking at this and they'll be terrified and they will, they will start to trust much less the assurances they're getting from people like Jim Mattis when they come to the region. Well, turbulent times. Thank you very much indeed to Jeff Dye here in the studio and to Guy Chazan in Berlin. That's it for this week, but goodness knows what we'll be discussing next week. Thanks very much. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.